Today, we are continuing in our sermon series around our 75th birthday, accurately titled Birthday Party, where we not only take a look back, but also a look towards the future of where our church might go. Our scripture reading today comes from Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, chapter 2, verses 17 through 21. And a note, today I'm reading from the Common English Bible, so if you try to look it up in your pew Bible, you might notice that they are different. But friends, let us listen now for a word from God. When he came, he announced the good news of peace to you who are far away from God and to those who were near. We both have access to the Father through Christ by the one Spirit. So now, you who are no longer strangers and aliens, rather you are fellow citizens with God's people, and you belong to God's household. As God's household, you are built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. The whole building is joined together in him, and it grows up into a temple that is dedicated to the Lord. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Friends, let us pray. O good and gracious God, calm our hearts this day. Still the to-do lists that run constantly through our brains and open up our eyes and our hearts to see where it is you are at work in this world. Oh God, open up our ears to hear what it is you are saying to us this day, and create in us a curiosity that is willing to listen and willing to go. In your holy name we pray, amen. So, a lot of times when a group of people gather together for the very first time, they are prompted to share a fun fact about themselves. Hi, my name is Annie. I am so Presbyterian that I was born at Presbyterian Hospital in Charlotte. That is one of my favorite fun facts. I think if Mission were at a birthday party, say a 75th church birthday party, what would its fun fact be? I think it could be a couple. It could be that for mission being such a church word, it only appears in the Bible once. The word mission has its roots when Jerome translated the canon into Latin back in 382 AD when he chose to use the Latin word missionem as the word Christ used to send the disciples out. Missionem for the Greek word apostolos, to send out. Or it could also be that the term missionary, which we also relate very close to mission, didn't come about until 1598 when the Jesuits, a religious order of the Catholic Church, sent its members out into the world to teach about Jesus Christ. Mission at its core is being sent out. Sent out of ourselves to go and do what God is calling us to do, whatever that might be. Now, that very spirit of being sent out is the same spirit of this church, this body of believers when we first gathered. More than 75 years ago now, in April of 1942, 
A circle of 14 Presbyterian women was organized here on St. Simon's that was actually affiliated with First Presbyterian Church of Brunswick. And you know who the pastor of First Pres Brunswick was at the time? It was Reverend Thomas L. Harnsberger. Now, before Reverend Harnsberger was placed at First Presbyterian of Brunswick, he was a missionary in China. He fled back to the States after his home and the school that he taught at was burned to the ground. And then the mission board placed him here. So the circle ended up dropping the idea of a church on St. Simon's in 1942. But if you've read that blue history book, or even if you remember back a couple of weeks ago to the back of the bulletin, the quote was um, that Reverend Harnsberger couldn't resist, or he couldn't rest, until he did something about a church on St. Simon's. That same missionary spirit continued into 1946, when the Carters, I can't speak very well today for some reason, the Carters pedaled their bicycles out and all around this whole island, which is no easy feat, to meet and visit with anyone who had any sort of Presbyterian leaning. They heard God saying to them, these are your people now. Go and take care of them. Now, that mission spirit of reaching outside of ourselves is in our very DNA as a church and as children of God. In the Genesis verses that Leslie read for us, we are reminded that out of God's self, we were created and charged not only to take care of ourselves, but to take care of those and who surround us. From our Genesis, we are charged to go outside of ourselves. So I thought it was really fitting that we began our birthday year's worth of celebration with a day of service. Two weeks ago now, members and friends of the church gathered out there on the Ashen Tilly lawn for a breakfast and a devotion before they were sent out into the community. They went to the Habitat Restore, to international seafarers, they picked up trash underneath the causeway with Keep Gold Niles Beautiful. They cleaned up furniture with hand in hand. And of course, some even stayed here to maintain this building, this sanctuary that centers us. Now that day, I kept thinking about those verses from Ephesians that we read together. When Paul was writing to the church in Ephesus, the early church was in a season of tense conflict. <clears throat> Times were hostile, and there was a lot of fighting about things that didn't really need to be fought about, over much like some things that we could probably name today. Paul writes to them, reminding the church in Ephesus that God has already reconciled them to Jesus Christ. God has already granted them peace and included them in God's household. Paul reminds them that they are built on the foundations that the apostles laid before them and the cornerstone that Jesus Christ himself created in them. These verses remind us that the church is built upon the apostles, the missionaries that went out into the world to tell a story of grace and a story of forgiveness. And Christ is what binds us together. They tell us that church is a people, that church is caring for God's people. On that Saturday, I couldn't help but think about how remarkable it is that for 75 years now, 
in many, many different ways, the people of St. Simon's Presbyterian Church have been going out and building upon that missionary spirit the apostles laid before us with Jesus as the cornerstone. We have opened our eyes to look around and to see where God is at work in our community and in our world. And we have listened to the urging of the Spirit when God said, these are your people now to take care of. This past week, I spent a little bit of time learning about some of our long-standing missions and our mission partners like Habitat and PAL and Angel Tree. And of course, there are many, many more that we are a part of, but those are just the three that I talked to this week. I asked Jack Hartman why he got involved in Habitat and what's special about the church's relationship. And he said, if you can give someone a hand up, something that's going to set them up for success in the long run instead of a handout, then you should. And that's what Habitat does, and that's what God does. Our church has this long-standing relationship with Habitat because God has said to us, these are your people now. This sense of reaching out of ourselves to serve God by loving our neighbor and then being curious enough to listen to where the Spirit is guiding us, that is our foundation. I talked with Liz Rehm about the inception of Angel Tree and then to Richard Hathaway about how Powell came into existence here. And I heard echoes of their same stories in the 2000s. These are your people now. Liz remembers one day packaging boxes for the hunger action team, and then this other way to help kids in our community bubbled to the surface. God spoke, and with the help of the Paris Associate and a whole lot of others, like Lillian Clark and Carlene Thompson and Lorraine Reed even, Angel Tree at SSPC came into being. Richard Hathaway started mentoring at Altama one year, and the next thing he knew, there were 35 mentors that God placed into the lives of kids to be a friend, to be a positive adult leader. These visions for how the church can be in the community came about when God spoke, and then when we shared that vision with one another. These are your people what if the church could do this? But these stories don't stop in the early 2000s. That spirit continues to live on as we continue to listen for God saying, these are your people now. A few years ago, Ann Sembler had a moment like Reverend Hartsberger's back in the 40s. The number of people homeless in Glynn County struck her. And God would not let her sleep until she did something about that. Now, figuring out what that something was took many years and a whole lot of setbacks and a whole lot of telling that story and asking what if we did this before Hand in Hand of Glenn came to be what it is now and what it will be as 60 tiny homes that literally make homes for the homeless in our community. God whispered to Anne and then to the church and then to the community, these are your people now. Take care of them. Friends, so many of these stories about our core missions have something like God was nudging or God was calling as part of their stories. Friends, God requires us to go outside of ourselves and to take care of God's people 
in our community and throughout the world. And we're able to do this because our foundation is firm. Do y'all ever remember as a kid having a big float or maybe you had a boogie board in a pool? Did you ever think it was a good idea to try to jump off that float while it was in the pool? Maybe that was just me, but that was something I tried to do a lot. And then when you actually jumped off, you were sorely disappointed because you didn't actually go anywhere because that float is just floating on the water. The church is not that. The church is like getting six foot of distance over the water because the last place your foot touched was the concrete side of the pool. It was off a firm foundation. Friends, this church is our strong foundation that enables us to jump, to push off and to go outside of ourselves, to do that work in the world that God is calling us to do. You know, in fact, there's this great visual reminder of the many ways that God has called us out into the world right outside the sanctuary, like I was telling the kids. There's this wall right here that is full of crosses. Now, if anybody has another name for it besides the wall of crosses, please let me know so I will not refer to it wrong anymore. But there is this beautiful wall of crosses, and each cross out here is a visual reminder of a time when God wouldn't let the church rest until we went. The first one came in 2002 from a trip to Malawi. Now, friends, if you are not in a rush out today, stop and see that wall. Stand on the solid ground and see what the apostles have laid before us as our foundation. And as you look back to the past, listen. Listen for where God is telling us to go next. Friends, what is keeping you up at night? What is tugging at you so much that you are willing to ride your bike all around this whole entire island for? When you open your eyes to see and when you open your hearts to truly feel where God is pulling you, where are you going? And who can you tell about it? Who can you wonder with and who can you say, what if the church did this? Friends, may we go into the future as a church that dreams. May we go as a church that wonders. But may we go stepping off of our firm foundations. For the sake of the gospel, may it be so. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, amen.